grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Matthew, the gospel lesson, the story of the, the parable of the, five, the ten virgins, the five wise and the five foolish. The kingdom of heaven. Now remember, the kingdom of heaven is, is faith in our hearts. The kingdom of heaven. It will be like ten virgins who took their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. Dear friends of Christ, if your imagination is great, if you've got one of those childlike imaginations, maybe you can hear them singing. Can you hear them laughing? I'm talking about those ten young virgins in our parable um, that, w- that was read from Jesus this morning. Think about all the pre-wedding activities. It's an exciting time as all these ten young girls are waiting for the bridegroom to arrive so that they can you know, walk with him to the bride. And they're filled with anticipation. They're filled with excitement. Uh, they can't wait for the bridegroom and the, fe- the wedding festivities to begin. Now, now can you imagine them giggling? You know the way those young girls do when they're so excited. These women represent us. These young girls represent the body of Christ. They represent believers and Christians, the saints of God. And we talked about the saints of God last week, didn't we? And these women, these saints, these believers are filled with joy. They're excited. You know why? It's because their sins have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Because that's what the saints do. Our our sins are washed away. Remember my sermon last week with the illustration about the room, how the blood of Jesus has power and His blood covers our sin? Well, the Holy Spirit lives in us too. We're filled with that excitement and that anticipation too because Christ's blood has made me ready. And the bridegroom's coming. He's coming for us. And so our theme, the groom is coming. Jesus is the groom. And he says that we, his church, are the bride. He's the groom, we're the bride. And he's coming back again to join himself with us for all eternity. And on that day, he's going to come back suddenly and appear on the clouds of glory to take us home to be with him. And because of that certainty, well, we, we live with an anticipation. We, we live with uh, an inner joy. We live with a certainty, like the women in our parable, maybe perhaps giggling. Because when Jesus arrives, you see, we know. When Jesus comes again, something good happens. All our pain disappears. All our worries disappear, all our troubles, all our fears, all our, all our doubts, all, all our sins suddenly disappear forever. You know, one of the reasons why we come to, we come to church every Sunday is so that we can get together and remind each other of such things. To tell each other to be prepared, to remind each other about all, all of that, that Jesus is coming again to take us to the place that He has prepared for us, to take us home. I'm reminded of the words in Hebrews chapter 10 where 
Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews said, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's not forget coming to church. Let's not forget gathering together for prayer. Let's not forget studying the Bible together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. The day. That's what we're talking about is the day. That great and terrible day of the Lord. The judgment day when Jesus returns. Some are going to be prepared and others are not going to be ready. And God's word reminds me of that. You, as members of our congregation, remind me of that. A Christian friend will remind me of that. From time to time, we need to be reminded, Christ is coming again. It's okay. All the pain we're enduring here is only temporary. Christ is coming again to fix it all. It's okay to cry. The tears are temporary. It's okay to hurt. The pain isn't permanent. And this reality fills us with a great anticipation. This reality fills us with a great excitement and joy. I mean, look at the fallenness of the world around us. And I'm sure you can see it. As you look in the world, we see people falling away from the faith in great numbers in our society. Look at all the prophetical signs that are established around us. These prophetical signs from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, about all the prophecies that will come and all the events that will take place. They're all here. I mean, close your eyes. Close your eyes, and you can almost hear the music of the wedding feast playing. Close your eyes, and you can almost smell the great feast of that day when all the, all the resurrected in Christ will stand before the Lord, and the first order of business will be a feast. You can almost smell the food. It's that near. Everything's ready. The groom is coming. Are you excited? Are you excited that he's coming back again to to take you home? It could be soon. Ten girls in our parable. Jesus says these ten girls were sure excited. At that time, the kingdom of heaven, faith in our heart, will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. These girls, they all knew the bridegroom was coming. Every single one of them. Every single one of them was excited about it. We know Jesus is coming too, we just don't know when. But Jesus told us to look for signs. And in the Old Testament, New Testament, there are prophetic uh, uh, foretelling of events. There's going to be wars, there's going to be rumors of wars, there's There's going to be earthquakes and there's going to be famines and droughts and floods. He says there's going to be an increase of false teaching in the church. He said there's going to be a great falling away from the church. The church is going to build up and then the church is going to shrink around the world. And we're seeing these these things happening with our very eyes. Things are going to go from bad to worse economically and spiritually and there's going to be christian persecution there's going to be a great falling away and all of this happens before the bridegroom returns and so with every news report of an earthquake with every news report of a hurricane 
with every economic threat, with every pain and suffering, we're reminded once again, He's coming. He's coming. The end is near. And before He comes, He expects us to be living in joyful expectation of His coming. Jesus says, now these things begin to take, when the, now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Paul writes about the excitement, the joy of that day, of that moment in our epistle reading. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry command, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. If you can imagine a cemetery scene, not all the graves are opening. Not even half of them. But the ones that are opening are the ones who are the faithful followers of Christ. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, who are left, We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. We'll be floating in the air to meet the Lord in the air. Why? Because judgment's coming here. And we don't want to be here when that judgment takes place. So we're going to go in the air to meet the Lord in the air. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You remember our text from last week in John. He reminded us, beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when Jesus appears, we'll be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. Jesus coming. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to meet the Lord when He comes? In our parable, ten girls were ready. They were ready for the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. The foolish one took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. These, these lamps were like ancient, uh, these ancient lamps were like uh, teapots, a flat teapot. They had a little spout, and in the spout, spout you'd put your, your wick. Now, they didn't hold much oil. If they held a lot of oil, then they wouldn't need to replenish it, but... They needed extra oil. And some of the women had brought the oil along, and some of them hadn't. Some were prepared, and some weren't. The five foolish girls forgot. They were foolish, not prepared. And this would become a problem for them. Because Jesus said the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. We can relate with the young women, indeed, because Jesus has been a long time in coming. I mean, how many years, how many years has a pastor sat in a pulpit like I am saying, well, here we are at the end of the year, Jesus is coming again. And, of course, we, it's easy to fall asleep. But he's coming, and there are going to be a lot of people surprised when he comes again. A lot of Christians surprised when he comes again. A lot of believers. And so Jesus warns his people. He warns his believers. What happened to the five foolish girls? 
who forgot to bring the extra oil. They went to the market to buy some, and when, when they returned, it was too late. Too late. They missed the bridegroom. They were locked out of the festivities. They missed their opportunity. Because, spiritually speaking, they had lost their faith. You see. We see the same thing happening today all around us. uh, Spiritual apathy. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like raising my kids in Christ. I, I don't feel like doing much in the congregation. I don't feel like studying the Bible. I don't want to listen to any Bible studies. Worship. Well, sure, if I have time obedience if it fits my lifestyle it's so easy to stray and what makes matters worse is that peter says there will be scoffers in that day who say where is the promise of christ coming forever since our fathers fell asleep and died all things are continuing as they have been from the beginning of creation and indeed from our sinful human perspectives Jesus is taking a long time to come back. But remember what wise men King Solomon once said. There is a season, a time, a purpose for everything under heaven. Christ is coming, and we don't know when. In our parable, the bridegroom carried in coming, and of course, all the women fell asleep. They all got tired. They all got lazy. They aren't giggling now. They're snoring. Are the people of God snoring? They're sleeping. What Jesus is saying is there's a spiritual problem here. They're not awake. They'd fallen asleep spiritually. And the five had even wandered away. They'd fallen asleep. And there was no spiritual alarm clock to wake them up. And there'll be no spiritual alarm clock to wake us up before that great and terrible day comes either. It'll come suddenly like a thief in the night, the Bible says. And you'll either be prepared or you won't. And that's why Paul wrote, Behold, now is a favorable time. Behold, now is the day of your salvation. And again he says, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. You know, it's so easy. It is so easy for us to become spiritually tired. To grow in spiritual apathy. It happens to the best of us. It happens to pastors. Just to get tired of all of the spiritual stuff and all the work it takes to fight against the world and to fight against our sinful flesh and and if we're not careful if we're not careful we'll find ourselves forgetting to think about jesus we'll find ourselves forgetting to seek his forgiveness we'll find ourselves forgetting to serve him we might even stop caring about him why is it so easy to grow apathetic jesus tells us watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with a dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. 
And that day will come upon you suddenly like a trap. Don't get caught up in the spiritual trap. Don't get caught up with the worries and dissipation and the anxieties and the troubles of this life. Don't get caught up with all the COVID stuff. Don't get caught up with all the political turmoil. All the, don't get caught up in your worry about the country. Don't get caught up in, in all your worry about your life. You won't be prepared to meet Jesus. And before you know it, the bridegroom will come. Don't be like the five foolish virgins. They weren't prepared. They made a foolish mistake. It was too late. They showed up to the party and Jesus is at the door and let us in, let us in, Lord. Lord, let us in. And the voice must surely have disappointed them. Truly, I say to you, I don't know who you are. And that's the way it'll be on Judgment Day. Christ will say to those people, those who live unprepared, I don't know you. You're not welcome to come into this wedding party, to this wedding feast. You can't enter the, gate, enter the gates of eternal life. And what a sad day that'll be for them. And they'll live with that sadness forever and ever. Yes, I know it's true. Jesus has delayed in coming. But you know why Jesus has delayed so in coming? Because he wants everybody to have time to be prepared. To repent, to return to him. He wants to save all who will come. And so God patiently waits for you. And God patiently waits for for your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus. And God patiently waits for your that family member who stubbornly disbelieves and God is patiently waiting for that co-worker. Because God doesn't want to have to say to them, I don't know you. Jesus wants everyone to turn to him from the greatest to the least. He wants them all to be saved. The Bible says the last day is a lot like the days of the flood of Noah. Remember the great flood? Everybody was laughing and, and marrying and giving him marriage and getting drunk and caught up in all the worries and dissipations and troubles of this life and, the, and busyness in the Old Testament. God sent Noah with a message, build an ark. And Noah preached to the people for 120 years. Be prepared. The end is coming. There's going to be a flood. The world's going to perish. Everybody's going to die. Nobody listened. Eight people, no one is family, for 120 years of preaching. But eventually, for 120 years, God was patient, but eventually the rains came. Eventually, God kept his promise. God shut the door of the ark, and everyone perished in the waters. Jesus is coming again. He's coming on clouds of great glory. However, this time he's not going to destroy the world with a flood. He's going to destroy the whole universe with fire. And before that time, Jesus warns us. He tells you, take every opportunity to come to him. Take every opportunity to return to him. Take every opportunity to give Jesus your sins, to let him wash your sins by his blood. Take every opportunity to be his child, to let him love you so that you're ready 
to, to, be, to be ready and to be acceptable in His sight. And you can only be acceptable in His sight when you know for certain that Jesus is your Lord and your God and your Savior and your Master. And He's washed your sins away and He's prepared you for His return. Second Peter says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some understand slowness, but the Lord is patient with you. He's patient with you, not not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so Jesus says, therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. You know, what's coming next? Are you expectant? Are you excited? Filled with anticipation? What's that sound I'm hearing? Is it laughter? Is it giggling? Is it the bridegroom coming? Might be. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.